Thank you for listening to The Pain of the Claim, your source for prescription strength claim relief. And now, your hosts, Jeremy and Donna Lavelle. Welcome to the Pain of the Claim podcast. I am Jeremy Lavelle with Remedy Claims Consulting, joined as always with the beautiful Donna Lavelle, my wife, and always doing everything she can to make sure that I stay in line because God knows I truly need the help. Say hi, Donna. Like a child. Hi. <laughs> we have an incredible lineup for you today on this brand new format that we are working with. Um, premiere episode. It is the premiere Ezra episode. The premiere episode. Well, the and, premiere relaunch. Episode. And so we went to great expense and great effort. And by great effort, I mean sent a text message. <laughs> to get the awesome Jackie and TJ Ware. Guys, welcome to the Pain of the Claim. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, so, Donna, take us away. What, what are we going to be talking about today? So, I, other people probably already know, but I don't, and I'm nosy. So, I want to know like, how you guys met, how you started doing what you're doing. Um, and then after that, we can talk, we'll talk about, you know. What comes next? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. They're working on this stuff. So, tell us. Well, Okay, Tell us everything. So we're both in Dallas for work, and uh, I went into the Marine Corps shortly after 9-11. Cool. And I was back in Fort Worth. It was in um, the beginning of 03, and I went into a restaurant. It was actually a Hooters restaurant, and struck up a conversation with my waitress, and we hit it off, and here we are 20 years later. Awesome. Awesome. That is so cool. That is crazy. <laughs> I yeah. had I had no idea. He he was he was hooked on the free beer and oysters. So. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I would that's be cool. too. That that would that would definitely be me. I spent my fair share being hooked on those very same things. In fact, I got so good at it, I've retired. Good. So, <laughs> I've never had oysters before. <clears throat> don't want to. Oh, oysters are amazing. They're like loogies or something. <laughs> Well, no, I like, I mean, do you put the sauce in them or do you just hit them raw? We eat them a lot of different ways, depending on where. So we're kind of like oyster aficionados. And as we travel around the country following hurricane, we get to indulge in the different varieties, you know, places that oysters come from. Okay. So, so there's different kinds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some of them are little and briny and they're kind of, kind of salty. And so you don't need sauce, I don't think, or a cracker. But the ones from the Gulf, they're like ginormous uh-huh. movies, and you yeah. do need a cracker and sauce. You do need. So what yeah. I would do, like I didn't have any problem. I just would clear them out, like the big ones, like the Gulf ones or whatever. Put a little bit of sauce. Definitely, it's gonna have something with some like horseradish in it or whatever, because I love that burn. You know what I mean? I love oysters. Yeah. I'll, I'll eat them like like nobody's business. Um, so next time, we're, if we're ever in the same city. You'll need to tell us where to go, and we can meet and eat some oysters. Yes, well, definitely. <laughs> I'll try one. And so I, I'm, I love them, but I mean, and I will, I'll eat them just right out of the shell. I mean, really and truly, I don't, I don't have to have, but I mean, it's really more the process that I enjoy so much. You get the big, huge plate come in, and they're all sitting in ice, and then you, you get to dress them up. I hardly ever use a cracker, though. Hardly ever. Um, so we have to do everything kind of different because you guys know we have a lot of kids. Yeah. So yeah, that's we'll another thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I'll go to a seafood supply or a wholesaler and we'll go get a couple of bushels, like maybe 200 oysters, and we'll bring them home. And the kids will stock them and serve them. Oh, cool. And they get to eat about half of them. So it's pretty cool. That's the cost effective way to do oysters for the family. If we went to the restaurant, they'd probably just ask us to leave. <laughs> no. No, they won't. Because it would cost like $900. Yeah. I can't imagine what it's like on a Sunday afternoon when you guys walk in from church or whatever, and it's like, table for 12, please. And they're used to that on a Sunday, right? But they didn't realize that it was two adults. Every night night we'd ever want to go out, it's a minimum of 12 people that's assuming there's no one extra. So, Oh, my gosh. I I don't – I have – like, I barely like the – the, the, the four kids that I have, I just, just barely, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I mean, do I'm y'all have, y'all have, y'all have a set of, y'all have, wait, what the, y'all have what any, the, wait, what, go ahead. I'm still wanting to know that. So they met at Hooters. They met at Hooters. Okay. And then all of a sudden 10 kids, there's other stuff. Well, that's what I was going to kind of ask. I mean, so did, how did, how did, I mean, did you not get to five and go, man, 
That's I just not know enough. How, how long were you married before you had the first one? Um, probably six months. Really? And then you yeah, just so. loved it so much that you just had to keep having them? Okay, so to be honest, yeah. we had our first four kids mm-hmm. on four different methods of birth control, including the IUD. No way. Yeah. And at that point, we're like, you know what? I guess it's just meant for us to have a big family. Yeah, by the fifth yeah. one, we just kind of embraced it. Um, now, by the sixth one, I was kind of <laughs> in between things, and I was starting to feel the financial pressure. Mm-hmm. And since then, there has been a significant amount of pressure that has come with every additional kid, it, it, to the point that even with this last one, I finally got it taken care of. So that's oh, I was going to say, you know was, how that happens, right? There's, there's <laughs> medical procedures that, can, that, that will stop it. Of course, now that, it is not a hundred percent, is what they told us. But he did do all of his follow ups that he was supposed to do, so we we should be in the clear, hopefully. Cool, awesome. <laughs> so, what are all the kids' names and ages? Asher, Isaac, Ethan, Shiloh, Seth, Kana, Judah, Silas, Hallie, and Titus. Now, back wow. so, is that from eight? Is that, oldest, uh-huh. He's eighteen. Titus is one. Titus is one. Okay. So y'all just had him when we were at y'all's place back. uh, Was that June or July when y'all had a barbecue? Yeah. Yeah, You know, he was born a few days after Hurricane Ida hit um, New Orleans. And I even made it home from Iraq before my oldest son was born. But I got stuck in New Orleans, and she had an emergency C-section, and I missed the birth of my youngest. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Wow. That's – so how long were you – how long were you in the Marine Corps? I was in the Marine Corps just under four years. Just under four years? Okay. And I went overseas in 2004, and uh, I was in a rocket attack in western Iraq in March of 2004. And I ended up getting medically retired in November of 2005. Was that against your will? No, no, it wasn't. Um, you know, it, it was it was a pretty rough experience that I had gone through, and I had a young family, and so um, you know, I, I was I was okay with moving on to a different phase of my life. Awesome. I was in the United States Air Force during the uh, first Gulf War, and. Uh, and I got out. Yeah, it was about four, right around just short of four years is how long I was in there. And uh, but I appreciate your service. Thank you so much, sir. Mm-hmm. That was uh, yeah, man. Um, I can't tell you. I didn't really much think about my military service. You know, obviously, I got the little tinge that hit me in, on on September eleventh, two thousand one, because I was ready just to go kick some ass. It's sort of that that thing rose up in me. You know what I mean? And I wasn't quite thirty yet, and so I and I you know and I hadn't been out that long, and I was I'm that 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 rose up in me, and I really wanted to go after something at that point in time because the memories were still really really fresh, and. Uh, <clears throat> That, but other than that, it had, it had just kind of faded away over the years because it's been thirty years nearly since I was in the military, and it has and it just sort of faded away. And when I met Donna four years ago, four years ago, I think four years ago, four or five years ago, when I met her, she thought it was just like this great big huge thing, and I hadn't thought anything of it. Not you know, and I was not all of that impre- all that impressed with it. I would never park in veteran parking, and she was she just started encouraging me. It was like to uh, what you did is not nothing (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i wouldn't do it and you did it for a lot of people that wouldn't so well and i and but but again i know i know what that life is like i know what it looks like and and i and i really do because it is a sacrifice above and beyond bullets whizzing past your head just the general day-to-day life is a sacrifice to to be a part of the united states military and so i really do appreciate it tj and i will always say that to people who did it so So, anyway um, Go ahead. Uh, I can't think of what else I want to know. Oh, so you said you had a C-section. You don't have a scar. Believe I me, I looked. <laughs> <laughs> she paused I and zoomed. I was like, there's got to be a flaw somewhere. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> it's pretty small, but that's the only C-section she had on oh, really? Wow, and yeah, no stretch marks? Yeah, there's a few of those. Uh, I looked. I, I didn't see any. <laughs> So people are wanting to know, did you sell your soul to the devil? And when I say people, me, 
Did you sell your soul to the <laughs> devil to get like a body like that after 10 kids? No, you know, I um, have been, I stayed home since our oldest was born and really focused on kids and raising kids. And then I guess when do we have 2016 or so I started working with TJ some mostly out of desperation from him, like needed help. Um, and over the course of that time up until now, I feel like I've really kind of grown into my dad. Um, during COVID, when we got locked down, I started running. It was the only way I could get out of the house mm-hmm. from TJ and the kids for a little bit. And I lost like 40 pounds. Wow. So now I try to pay more attention to what I eat and try to be more active. Um, but I haven't always been that way. Oh. Yeah, she's obviously got good genes. Yeah. Obviously. So... <laughs> <laughs> And your kids are going to come out pretty awesome. Too. I mean, like yeah, they you promise. both are, you yeah. both are like, you know, fit and look good and like work Barbie hard. And yeah, they really are. I mean, they're they're the Barbie and Ken of they're, the adjusting world. Adjusting, yeah. They're, they're, I, I they're royalty. I agree. Except for they're both, you know, they're both blonde. Ken's dark headed and man. Ken's got Ken's got blonde hair. Does he have? I don't know. I never played with him. I have no <laughs> idea. So what kind of, when you guys were, and I don't want to jump ahead here, I was just going to kind of. Um, well, I was going to ask if, because I, I assume that me and you have like kind of, you know, parallel stuff working with, working with your husband. So mm-hmm. is there, what is that like? Because I know what it's like over here. I'm just wondering <laughs> if, if it's the same Probably over there. Probably the same. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. gone through some evolutions yes. for us. It's been okay. It's been wonderful it's been horrible and, and then we're back now to trying to figure out how to make it work yep. and there's some reasons behind that so we got introduced um, actually vince yeah. introduced us to someone who started the personality assessment and they, they've met eric yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about we it. We were all the- I had no idea what you were talking about i was like i have no idea high c low a i'm like yeah, what so, you know, eric's been a huge part of our life since the latter part of 2020 mm-hmm. and helped us to really understand a lot about ourselves and, and about each, each other. other. Yeah. And we learned we're very similar. And so through business, TJ would be the idea and the driver behind things. And he just assumed that I was going to be the integrator because I was his wife. Yeah. And we've now learned that that is not the role for me. And that's why there was a period of time where it was horrible working together because yeah. I'm not well suited for that. Uh, he's probably better suited at it than I am. Uh, so now we've learned you know, we, we need assistance. We need people around us that are able to do those things. Mm-hmm. And he and I are starting to learn how to stay in our strengths and in our own lanes Yeah, and do what we're good at. That was very hard for us, too. For each other. Yeah. And a lot of it was my fault. You know, I put her in the wrong position, not understanding where her real strengths were. Mm-hmm. And so we've spent a lot of time and money understanding what our strengths are and her strengths are completely different than what I assumed that they were. Mm-hmm. So that just shows you that even after two decades, you cannot pay attention to who your mm-hmm. wife really is. Yeah. And if you dig in a little bit deeper, I think that you can find a better value, you know, for them. Yeah. Because so I figured we were alike in a lot of ways. Then I saw you in a bikini, and I'm like, damned if we aren't twins. So we're like, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> That's so funny. So. What do you, what it's do you hard mean? working with your husband, though. Yes. How, how does that go for you guys? I mean, it's been horrible and it's been good, and we've learned mm-hmm. a lot um, through. Well, you know, TJ, when you said it, it's, we went through times when it was really good, mm-hmm. and then it was really horrible, and then it got good for a little bit, and then it was kind of normal, and then it was horrible again. You just explained Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest with, and, and I mean, but kind of as we've done it, we have. It's kind of like water that seeks its own level. We've kind of we've kind of found our own sort of little lane and groove. And much like you, Eric, when I took those assessments, and then so it was really the assessments that opened my eyes and explained some. The very reason I'm sitting here in front of you right now on this and even trying to do a podcast at all is as a direct result of those of those the strength finder and the culture index and those things that's, and I find them incredibly fascinating and I am pushing anybody that talks to me about building a business and hiring people. I said, you need to come to terms with something that's very, tr- that's very real. People 
I, I won't go as far to say as people will lie to you about who they are, but they will tell you the version of themselves they would they like to be, to be as opposed to the actual version that they are. Do you know what I'm saying? And I am all about aspirations. Nothing against that. I don't want to get in. I, I, I'm, it's, not, it's not shade. It's just sort of like you need to help people figure out who they are and what role to get them in so they can get to where they want to go. And the whole reason I'm sitting here now is kind of how mine came out. And I'm just like, I had no idea that those were that somebody pulled that like one of mine it's not in the uh where the low e or the high you know i mean there's certain things about that that made a lot of sense but is it the culture index that that kind of gives you which one's the one i got mad at oh that was the cnet i think or the cat or something (laughs) i I took that personally because it basically told me that that i can be like a receptionist and i was like Really? That's all it thinks I could do? I was, I was very upset. It's, it's harder the longer you've been in a hospital. That test gets way harder because yeah. you're not used to doing stuff like that anymore. Yeah. Right. And, and is I mean, it how fast you answer it or is it just how do they calculate? It's, it's how many questions you get right in 15 minutes. Okay. So, and I didn't even realize it was timed. I was sitting there and neither, I mean, I didn't even realize it just turned off on me. And I was sort of like, oh, I didn't know. And so I was going through them, but some of the questions that are hard, you know what I mean? I realized the idea of the test is either you know the answer or you don't. This is not about you figuring it out. And it's like either you know it or you don't. And so that's how I – I should have just gone on. I learned that really – Make sure I understand. She sat there and tried to solve the problem, and it's like (laughs) this is not about problem solving. But I'm like, don't they want me to know this? I mean, I've got to figure out what the pattern is or whatever. And when you don't get through all it, right, Donna? But yeah. see, the thing is, is they don't see all of the talents. Yeah. They I don't wish get they a. Told me that before I took it. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, I mean, so like, the strength finder is the one that lists the thirty-four strengths. Yes, and so mine. Which one was it that you're pulling from that, that's got you into doing this? It's the communication and influence. Yeah. yeah, those are my top. Those are my top mine. two. I don't remember what mine were. I don't recall what you, yours was. Attention to detail. There was, I, I don't remember. I would have to look at her. I don't remember. But it completely changed my whole scope on how I wanted to go into And so instead of being reluctant or thinking I look stupid or thinking, I, you know, how to do all of this and becoming, I mean, I'm 50 years old. You know what I mean? And so leaning into it has been a real process. And I can tell you, you can teach old dogs new tricks. You really can. It takes and a long time, but yeah. Well, you know, and people know me from social media, but I've only been doing social media for just under three years. Really? Right. It's completely changed my life. You know, Facebook and Facebook groups Mm -hmm. allowed us to find so much business growth in 2020. Yeah. That was kind of what broke the back of things that we had in place before. Mm -hmm. You know, we were able to operate despite not being in our strengths before that because we had such, you know, we had a lower volume of business. Yeah. In 2020, we saw a lot of growth, and that's when it became apparent that we were really in the wrong places. And we got stuck in the middle of a really nasty hurricane yeah. in you know, southeastern Louisiana. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was a challenging time, really, for the next year. So did you guys have, I mean, did you always travel with Paradise? Because it seemed to me, and this is just a guess, and I'm not getting into the claims. It's more about the business. How did you get into the niche of multifamily? Because that's mainly what you do is multifamily large loss stuff. Is that right? Right. How did you you cross that threshold? Because everybody who goes and passes the public adjuster exam would love that gig. And so, and and I know there's no real how-to here. I'm just saying, how did it happen for you? So a couple of things first, you know, I, I'm more technically proficient than a lot of people realize because I was an, a licensed electrical contractor for seven years. Oh. I was a roofing contractor. I had a fencing company that I sold in 2008. I've done a lot of different trades and a lot of types of construction. Mm. Um, but I, I realized when it comes to marketing, whatever you market for is what you're going to get. And so that's what I marketed for, and that's what people brought to me. And it's really not a lot more complex than that, to be honest with you. 
When did you start seeing an uptick in, like, um, speaking at all of the different events? Because, I mean, it seems like to me, anytime we have some kind of industry event, I look up, oh, there's TJ's picture. Yeah, he's speaking at this thing. How did that sort of culminate for you and you become part of the industry and the community? And I love the community that we're in, whether it's Jack or Vince or Cal or you guys or whoever. I just love the community. I feel like we're, we're one of the good guys. Like, you know, I really do. Yeah, and I, and, and yeah, I think absolutely. we have a real I think we could unite even more just as a personal right. opinion. But how did that sort of begin to gain traction? Because I'm a communicator. I am more comfortable on stage than I am anywhere else because they're out there. <laughs> and yeah, well, a- so my, strength, my top 10 is all strategy and influence. Uh-huh. And I started pushing hard on social media at the end of 2019. And then it's just been one big disaster after another that I've been able to work hard and capitalize on and find those opportunities. Also, getting involved in the nonprofit side of things. Mm-hmm. I've always done a lot of nonprofit and charity work. And honestly, that gives you different opportunities and it allows you to plug in with important people in important places. And so I look at it as a way that I can serve others and do good and also build my network. In, in, in a different way than people that aren't doing those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that you just had a big meeting with the National Association of Attorney Generals, right? That was recent, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Uh, and I've, I've been to the Capitol Forum in D.C. twice, and then I guess it was last, it was the week before last, mm-hmm. I, I met with Mitch McConnell on Capitol Hill as well and met with the Attorney General of Florida, Ashley Moody, and several other attorneys general, and just trying to kind of work on what's going on in this industry from a very high level view. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of progress, but I think there are also a lot of changes in the pipeline. Awesome. Well, I mean, I, I, I so, I so commend what the work that you do with the APA. I think that that is, that is an incredible, I mean, a, an incredible place to invest yourself and the different stuff, just even on their website. You know, I, I encourage public adjusters all of the time because I have the opportunity to speak with lots of public adjusters. I do some one-on-one coaching with them and I encourage them anytime you get an engineer's report, go to that APA site and upload that engineer's report. Whether, even if you agree with it, just go ahead and up because I feel like the bigger database we hit, have yeah. of those things, um, the better the better handle we get on it. And so my whole thing with, uh, and I'm going to say this one claims thing, if that's okay, it's just about controlling the narrative because, and and that's the point is is how do we continue to push the message that is the actual truth? Twenty two minutes and forty seven. I didn't bring up any one <laughs> single thing. I just said you know it's all about controlling the narrative, <laughs> and that's kind of my byline. Um, as far as as far as that goes, so but I want to flip it and have them tell us everything they're doing right now because I'm seeing a lot of videos and a lot of you've got the Hurricane Ian show. Start the our little which one the rigmarole. Oh, is that what you want? To, you want to move to that now? Okay, yeah. we're, uh, we're past time. I was trying to get your attention. <laughs> oh, so well, I'm very. I did not <laughs> mean to take over. Got like paper. I'm holding it up, and he's like ignoring me. <laughs> Yay. There we go. <laughs> I'm trying to get my, my brother's band from the 90s. I'm using all his music, and I said, I'm going to bring y'all back. So that's why we're using all his music. So, anyway. So, what are you, what do you want to people to know that what you're doing right now about anything? Well, whatever. So, when this hurricane was coming in, and I tried to do this in the last storm, and I wasn't able to pull it off, but I wanted to create a media network focused on the things going on in this hurricane so that we could help control the narrative down here in Southwest Florida. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it's been successful. In other ways, um, I didn't realize just how far our opposition had made it when it comes to controlling that narrative because when we came into southwest florida people were very standoffish the government officials were calling public adjusters and locusts yeah and i realized that the insurance companies in florida have almost no regulation despite a guy a lot of regulations mm-hmm. in the state 
And and to be honest with you, there's a lot of bad actors on our side down here as well. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Successful of unethical public adjusters and uh, policyholder attorneys, and that has made my job a lot harder. But I do have uh, the Hurricane Ian Shane down here where we're able to inform people and tell stories about things that are going on here after the storm. And I want to be able to give people resources uh, for the next few years as, as this continues because although the national media cycle aired about this storm for somewhere between 10 and 14 days before yeah. it fell out of the headlines, yeah. the people here are going to deal with it for two, three, four, five years. And they're right. going to need a trustworthy source of information that's yes. going to help them. Yeah. So what is your plan moving forward for that, uh, for the Hurricane Ian show? I mean, do you anticipate closing that down? Do you want it to morph into something else? Do you want to keep it going? What's your plan there? You know, right now I'm just planning for it to be its own standalone thing that I will wrap up at some point. Hopefully I'll be there for long enough to help these people through their recovery. But this is the seventh hurricane that we've worked. Paradise deployed to Hurricane Florence in 2018. That was the first one. Then Hurricane Michael, we worked that in Albany, Georgia. Hurricane Dorian in 19. Laura in 20. Delta in 20. Ida in 21. And then we're here now. And, you know, I have a young family. There have been a lot of challenges with chasing hurricanes. And I don't think that I want to chase another one to the extent of the way we've done these last few right it's such a commitment it is i mean when you plug in and do it so i i know i know that you guys are in florida now i know that you you have is that a permanent move yeah that's what that's exactly my question that's exactly my question is you believe it is so my oldest daughter was born in pensacola in 2008 after i had sold my uh fencing business in fort worth Mm -hmm. We moved to Pensacola. I started another business there called Pensacola Pet Doors. Mm-hmm. And we lived there for a while and then moved back to Texas and did some other things. And then I went back to school using the GI Bill uh, to become a missionary pilot. Mm-hmm. And I went to school in East Texas and then transferred down to Palm Beach State in about 2010 or 11. And uh, so we lived down here on the East Coast of Florida near West Palm Beach for a while. So we've lived in Florida a few times in the past. Yeah. We ended up back in Dallas because of the economy, mm-hmm. trying to build a construction business, and we've been kind of stuck there for 10 years. So this is a very welcome move back oh, cool. down here to a little warmer climate. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So I was like, we just met them, and they move away. <laughs> I spent a bu- I've spent a bunch of time in Florida. Not not for I mean, I've spent a bunch of time in Florida for claims, but um, I also spent a bunch of time. I was in the extreme sports um, space. And so I was down there for wakeboarding, and I, and I had, like, an apartment in Orlando. And so I worked in the extreme sports space and had a, uh, had a website that kind of covered the sport, and it was a media outlet and that kind of thing. And that was a lot. I really enjoyed I, I loved Florida. Now, when I was there for Michael, when I was there for Michael, I was there for four months for Michael working with a roofer. And uh, it was uh, – that was not enjoyable because the part of Florida I was in was not like the Palm Beach part of Florida. It was more of the. <laughs> it was Kentucky. I call it Kentucky Junior. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Panhandle is the deep south, and yeah. South Florida is like New, like the northeast. Completely, yeah. yeah. It's it's completely different cultures. It's crazy, but PCB is really pretty. But I was in mm-hmm. Bristol, which was about an hour. I guess it was about an hour west of PCB is where it was. And, uh, you know, living there, was, there was one restaurant to eat at. It was, it was the Dollar General. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was walking across the street to the Dollar General to get, you know, you know frozen, frozen meals. And that's kind of where I was bunked up at. That's where the roofing office was. So that was, oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> anyway. Those are bad memories. He was gone and for four months. After the new year, I'm, I actually have to fly back to Dallas every week for the first 11 weeks of next year to attend some meetings for NTS. You're from NTS, aren't you? I am, yeah. Name that shingle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I want one of those I'm shirts. <laughs> Thank you. That's a lot of my focus moving forward, too. So I'm doing a little bit of the media stuff, a little bit of public adjusting, and then working on continuing to grow NTS into whatever it's going to become. Awesome. Are you getting a lot of traction with NTS? 
Yeah, yeah, it's been amazing. It's been great. We just rolled out um, a new website and software that we've spent $200,000 in nine months developing. Wow. And that's going to allow us to continue to expand the different products that we're offering. We're adding tile. And we've noticed that our, our reports are most valued by public adjusters and attorneys because a roofer sends it in and the insurance company can just say, we don't accept that. But a public adjuster, an attorney is like, no, I don't care if you accept it. This is me proving that this product's not available. Mm-hmm. And so we need to go on to the proper repair scope. Yeah. And this storm especially is going to be very, probably going to have more public adjusters than any other storm in, in history uh, by percentages of claims. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a lot of growth potential in Florida for NTS over the next couple of years. We need to go to commercial or go to commercial. I sent you. The- I'll, I'll drop it in later. Oh, okay. It's okay. I don't. I don't have it in front of me. I, I couldn't do it. I, but I sent it to you. I don't have it in front of me. So <laughs> which one call it? Huh? It's right in front of you. I don't see it. It's uh. Just let's move on. So <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, um. Uh, no, I. So in the on the on the NTS side of things, I have heard that a lot where they where they try to turn it in and they're and and there's they're getting some pushback and, and all those kinds of things and I and I love what you said it's like as a public adjuster we're here to prove the loss that's what we're here to do and and I, I think it's really interesting that that pushback even exists and how it's you know because that that can be that's just super frustrating to hear when you know it's I, I, I don't I, I can't even I don't want get, to get into it I would go into a full rant and I'm not yeah. going to do that and, so but um, the whole industry is what we're is not, not functioning as it should function well yeah and because I would get ITEL reports that would be different depending on whether or not that report had a claim number on it or not a claim number on sure. it so ITEL would come back with different information depending on whether or not there was a claim number filled out so getting something that because I can't believe I don't trust it I mean I'm going to tell you that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't trust ITEL. I, you, you can't, and I've been using ITEL for years, and I, I've gotten such different, you know, what they say is available isn't available. I always roll my eyes at that, so. I have a question. Yeah, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go oh, it was, it was a, I was just going to ask about um, the, uh, the, you were doing some kind of, you were filming something about, like, deep, deep sea diving or something, or fishing, okay. or what was that? So, I sold my roofing company. In 2018, uh, we went and did a hurricane, and then in 2019, we were able to kind of relax and breathe a little bit. Uh, We had bought a house up in the mountains of New Mexico back in 2016, so we went up there with a family, and we took a. I went and bought a brand new fleet of four wheelers and side by sides, and we went looking for a treasure that had been hidden in the Rocky Mountains by an art dealer several years before. And it was very public. And three You've years. written a book, like it's supposed to be the treasure map, and, uh-huh. and you have to decipher it and try to figure out where and the treasure's. Three searchers had died looking for oh it in God. the Rocky Mountains. So we took the whole family up there and filmed a reality TV show pilot mm-hmm. of our family looking for this treasure. Cool. And we actually got some response online from a producer that worked with TLC, mm-hmm. and we were looking at maybe developing a reality show out of it, and then COVID hit, yeah. which shut down that entire industry. And then we went to Lake Charles in, what, September, mm-hmm. and while we were at Lake Charles, somebody found that treasure oh, in the Rocky man. Mountains. Dang it. Oh, and- wow. <laughs> so yeah. we want to revive this idea yeah. that this time we're looking at scuba diving for sunken Spanish treasure in the Florida Keys. Is the whole family going to do that too? Yeah, yep. yeah so cool. we're all going to get scuba certified. We've, we've been working with some people that are going to be a part of the whole production. Um, we have a few real-life treasure hunters yeah, that are going to help us kind of find some spots and maybe share some of the salvage rights that and that's, people have. This is part of the reason that I'm doing the Hurricane Ian show down here, just to learn more and experience more of the video and directing and media so that maybe this is a project I can get off the ground next year. Cool. I have oh. some some uh, sorry. I have some possible name suggestions for your show. Okay. okay, hear me out. Okay, so where where in the world? You like that one? <laughs> I like that. 
<laughs> the wayward wares. I like that one. And then be aware. Be aware. <laughs> That's actually really good. I like all of those. So if you use those, those I, I would like to be compensated. <laughs> I think where in the world is my favorite. Yeah. I would have to go with I, that. I, I like the wayward wares. <laughs> where in the world? Yeah. I'm a diver, so I, I, I love this. Awesome. Well, yeah. Yep. Oh, I would. We'll do a fancy title that's not things related. Yeah, don't. Well, uh, yeah. Claims are a big part of treasure hunting, so I can call you a claim expert and you can help us search for treasure. Yeah, there you go. That's what it, yeah. <laughs> I'm a master diver. I have I have scuba dived in really, I mean, like all over the place. South Africa, I have scuba dived. Um, obviously, Belize, Rotan, um, Honduras, Turks and Caicos, Bahamas, um, all over Florida, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. I, I love scuba diving. Are you both certified done. now? Have y'all both, have you ever scuba dived before? We're not, we've done a lot of free diving. You know, um, okay. We, yeah. In the key, you know, shallower stuff. So a friend of mine who's kind of in the insurance restoration industry, he has a place in Rotan and he's done a little bit of treasure hunting himself. And so he's going to get us certified. He's an instructor. He's going to get a certified here in Cape Coral. And I think we're going to try to video all of that and work that into our episodes, you know, as we develop the show. Man, that is, what a great idea. Yes. That is, that is, I will watch that without a doubt. I will, so, I mean, I love that kind of stuff. And I, and I also know you. So, yeah. I mean, there's, and he's, there's he's, that part. He's been in, really interested in fishing lately for some reason. So, so. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we love fishing. <laughs> So y'all come down and uh, we'll make some fishing episodes too. Cool. Yeah, I would. I would love to come make fishing episodes with you guys. That sounds like a great time. Um, <laughs> well, you may have the idea that you're enjoying life on the canals here in Cape Coral, and that is the truth. Cool. <laughs> you guys look like you're having a lot of fun. I'm jealous. We so, are, and you know, honestly, we went so hard for two years that we need it. We you deserve it. People ask me, they're like, you must be up to your neck and claim down there. And I said, listen, I'm busy, but I'm intentionally not killing myself during the storm because I just don't think that my marriage and my family can handle another big hurricane yeah. like the last two that I've done. Well, I commend you for that. I really, really do. I mean, just taking taking a minute, and, and I mean, and congratulations, by the way. I mean, I think that that is probably yes. that is super cool that you guys have that you've gotten to that point i mean that's where i'm headed you know what i'm saying i mean clearly i'm a little bit behind you at this point in time but that's exactly what we want to do we've talked about buying a house in new mexico she has a son actually that lives in albuquerque and i think oh. we we've kind of got our eyeballs on santa fe really and yeah. truly i love, I love it I'm a snowboarder too, so being in Santa Fe and being a snowboarder is not a bad situation to be in. I no. love to snowboard. Um, I'm primarily more Colorado, but I, you know, I've I've done that in a couple of different places too. So, um, you know, we should have bought in Santa Fe because you can fly into Santa Fe. And the downtown area is so cool. It, me and the kids go down there and spend, you know. Day. It's fun. There's Have you been to Meow Wolf? Um, it was closed that day. Oh man, that I went. That I was last day. It's so awesome. They're they're supposed to be built, doing one in uh in Grapevine pretty soon. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. The one there in Santa Fe is like I don't know. I mean, if you don't know what it is, basically, meow. Hard to describe it. Yeah, it's it's installation art, is what it is. It's full experience. It's, all it's immersive installation art. So you're like climbing around and walking around in the exhibit. Like there's there's all of the and none of it makes sense. Yeah. I could tell you I could tell you what it is, but none of it makes any kind of sense. And it's got all these different little worlds, and you can walk through a door, and you're in this completely different. Or you're, in a, or you're in a house. Like the, it, the whole thing starts in a house, and then you, it's got and like you, there's tra- tunnels there's, to place. It's just awesome. There's clues. I mean, I highly, I yeah, highly your kids recommend. will love it. It's yeah, awesome. that's really cool. I'm I had actually, taken them there, but it was closed that day. Yeah. You should, if I'm you ever get back art, there. Art Sorry. junkie myself, which is what was cool about being close to Fort Worth. You know, there's great museums yeah. and exhibits there which we've had a little bit less of down here in Southwest Florida. There's not quite the culture down here mm-hmm. that there is in some of the bigger cities. But um, 
Well, Anytime I can see something like that, that's cool. cool. I'm kind of an art junkie, too. I mean, um, I have... Uh, yeah. Like I have, have you, I don't know if you've ever been to the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg, Florida, but that I, we've it, heard of it. We, that's a plan. We want to go up there. Okay, so it's the castle for the Russian czar. That's basically what it was—the winter castle for the Russian czar—and they've converted it into a museum. Did you say St. Petersburg, Florida? No, I'd say Petersburg, <laughs> Russia. Like, I'm sorry, St. Petersburg, Russia. <laughs> I heard that. I, and I was like, did he say Florida? <laughs> sorry, Saint I was Pe- just starting to think like the Russians built St. Petersburg. That's what I. <laughs> did not know that. No, I'm sorry, St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh, it was it was the czar. It was the czar's winter castle. Is basically what it was, oh, and wow. then when the when communism took over, um, they converted it into a. Uh, they converted it into a, a museum, and I'm telling you what, TJ, if you're really and truly an art hound, I mean, it's two days. Oh wow! It's two days. And he reads everything. I love. I, I mean, I spent I spent eight hours in the Metropolitan Museum in New York. I just that's just yeah. the way I am, and they don't like. I mean, I'll go to a museum, and and Donna will tell me he's like, "We're going for the kids, so you're not going to stand and read every plaque." <sighs> Unless, you're, unless you're going to read it out loud, so I can. Still stand there and read all of it and, and see all the things. We're like, no, we're on the way. Well, I'm learning, learning stuff I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I can tell you all about family. fracking because I stopped and read it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm a learner too. I enjoy it. Um, with a big family, we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, I don't say we have a lot of money now, but we didn't really have any extra money until 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. So. We haven't had a lot of opportunity to travel overseas, and, and we still want to, and we would like to. Doing it with the entire family, you know, it's, it's going to be thirty grand for every trip that we take. Well, so it's easy. When we start our new show called "Where in the World," it can spotlight <laughs> yes. us traveling to Europe, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's awesome. a good idea. I just have I have one more art question. Can I ask one more art question? So the one more art question that I have is: Did you happen to make it to the Van Gogh oh, immersive Jesus. experience while it was here in Dallas? Did you go to that? You know, I didn't go to the immersive experience, but at the same time, over at the Dallas Museum of Art, there was an amazing Van Gogh exhibition, uh, Van Gogh and Olive Groves. That was just world class. That's where we should have really gone. That's where I should have gone. Stay away from the from the other one because if really? you're, oh, it's bad. It's, it's like it's, it's, it's all it is. I mean, if you're into it, I mean, if you're into the pro, all it was was digital projection on four oh, walls. Th- it was three or four three different rooms. rooms, and it was the same video. It's in the every same room. video. It's just a, you're going in there, and they hand you this really terrible. Like stadium cushion. There's no chairs. You sit on a concrete floor. I paid extra for the. I thought I was going to have a seat. That was what I paid extra for the stupid oh, cushion. For the cushion. Yeah, it was horrible. Cushion. And then there's people online saying it was great, and I'm like, you know, it wasn't great. You're just saying that because I. Well, I mean, I was really disappointed because there was no information about his life. I mean, nothing. I know most of that, right? I know, I know what era he's in, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not. Really, but I was kind of surprised. That it, I mean, what a neat way to experience his art sort of all at once. But I thought that they would probably, I, I, I would have thought that we would have gotten more information about him. Yeah. And this was a, well, this was a birthday heard, gift for him. And I'll never live it down. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> it's terrible. I've heard several people say the same thing you said. But if the DMA still has the Olive Grove Van Gogh exhibit, uh-huh. you should go see that. Because the information, when you get the knowledge about the artists, especially Van Gogh, that's what really makes it interesting. Yeah, I, I just and Van Gogh's probably one of my favorites. He's absolutely. Yeah, he's I mean, he's great. he's one of my him Salvador Dali. I, I you know I like a lot of surrealism as well. You know what I mean? As opposed to just like neo impressionism, but I like I like surrealism a lot. Salvador Dali is one of my is one of my all time favorites. I love him. A, a time. I definitely like Dali. Do you ever go to the Kimball in Fort Worth? I have been to the Kimball a couple of times in Fort Worth. Yes. The Kimball's amazing, and they have a lot of um, old master stuff. You know, it's, it's mostly European. Um, Caravaggio, some amazing stuff. Um, what is it? They've got Cezanne there too. They've got a. T- they've got. They've Cezanne. got a. They've got some Cezanne. Anyway, I could go There's on and on about this. I'm sorry. I'm taking over. This is not about me. I'm sorry, Donna. I do have a question. Another go. question. Shoot. Um, does he adjust claims when he's watching TV? Is he? Are you? Do you? 
like look at damage while you're watching TV? Well, what do you mean? Like, like you're like, there's a fight scene and there's all this, you know, things are getting broken. Are oh, you just, yeah. he has it in it. Like he can't not adjust or he yeah, can't. Everywhere not. we go, he's looking at roofs. Yeah, like, him too. Everywhere. Like, oh, look at that. Well, so we've watched on Netflix or Hulu or one of those streaming services several different times uh, about, um, and and it's period stuff that's set back in the 70s, right? It's set back in the 70s. And I'll look up and I'll see laminate shingles with with shingle over style Ridge Vin on it. I always do that. He'll be upset. He'll be like, this is not authentic at all. No, no. <laughs> of yeah. course, me and three other people that are watching this notice that. I mean, you know I what I mean. A strongly worded letter to the director. <laughs> yeah, and in the nineteen forties, they have a grounded plug. You're like, no, <laughs> no, 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 that doesn't work. So now, are you ready to uh, spin the wheel? Let's spin the wheel. Are you ready uh, to spin the wheel? Spin the wheel of games. I need to figure out a name for this segment. I was thinking Games of Thrones since it sounds awesome, but it's misleading. So. It's not called that. Right now, it'll be just the Wheel of Games. Yeah, we're just going to spin the wheel and see what happens. Okay, so let me see. We will spin the wheel. High-tech sound effects. What did we get? Five favorites. Five favorites. Cinco favoritos. Yeah, who are your five favorite kids? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. It depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> if a plane were crashing, which one would you put the mask on first? That's all I'm asking. That's so okay. our favorite, favorite kids of ours, because I was hoping we could pick someone else's kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, I was yeah. kidding. I just wanted to ask you guys that to see your reaction. Um, let's play Would You Rather. Would You Rather. Okay. I happen to have some very interesting... Would you rather? And so we are going to get into that. My kids love this game, but they ask me the most horrible things. Like, would yeah. you rather your head fall off or your guts explode? Oh, so you know this. So you're prepared for this. Right? I'm like, how about neither? <laughs> you have to pick one. I'm trying to find. I, I really. <laughs> well, while you're looking for it, um, I'm going to ask, would you rather have feet for hands or hands for feet? Well, hands for feet Feet for hands. Or hands for feet. Hands, hands for feet. Can you yeah. imagine how bad your hands would stink? <laughs> That's what I'm throwing up. You know they're what I mean? Hand, like, hands. Can you imagine if you got athlete's foot on your hands? Athletes. But they're your feet. But they, they look like hands. I'm just. I just think all of them. What would you call the... them? They, would, they wouldn't be feet anymore, right? I just see myself fishing with two fishing poles now, so I'm happy. That's exactly. <laughs> And, and and then I'm going to enter every tree climbing contest I can find. And you can cover it up because you can wear shoes. Would you rather be 11 feet tall or 9 inches tall? Ooh, that's a tough one. And why? Is anyone else 9 inches tall or am I by myself? Uh, uh, it, what do we want to say? I, I can't. I can't give you that. I'm, everybody else is normal. That information's unknown. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to say 11 feet tall. I would have to go with 11 feet tall okay. and just and just settle in. I'm never flying on an airplane ever again. Well, you're already up yeah. there. So I'm not much over nine inches tall now. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna <laughs> say that, and I, I, I I'm more used to it than you might think. <laughs> um. So yes, there's other people that would be close in height to me. <laughs> So, would you rather be in jail for five years, or would you rather be in a coma for a decade? Jail, jail for, five for five years. years. Jail for five years and a coma in a decade. <laughs> That's funny. Right? Y'all, y'all knew that, yeah. right? <laughs> jail. Yeah. yeah. Well, talked about that one before. I really like sleep. I've been trying to catch up on sleep since my thirty-two-year-old was born. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I can get a good nap. Would well, you? I will tell you, a coma is not like sleep. Oh, what is it like? Well, my dad was working for me years ago and had a bad stroke on the job site and was in a coma for three weeks. And it's really, really, really bad on your body. Is it like, are you aware? Was he aware of what was going on around him? Or just... Well, no, not then. It's a long story. But I will tell you that even us going in and like moving all of his arms and legs and his Mm -hmm. joints every day... The toll that it takes on your body. Yeah. When you see on in, on a movie when someone wakes up from a coma, and they're just fine, they get up and walk around. Away. No, they, they're 
usually paralyzed. You can't even move. Because of the, the atrophy and stuff? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And your joints will freak up. So. <sighs> okay, Sounds never mind. Good, I changed my mind. Not as good as you should show. go to jail with us. Yes. Yeah, just go to jail with just us. Just go to jail. <laughs> well, it'll be it'll be me and Jackie. You're on your own, TJ. We'll be in, we'll be in the women's <laughs> prison. He's 11 feet tall anyway. He oh. can't fit jail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every song you hear? Sing along. I'm gonna go with sing along. Sing along. Okay. What she if your voice was always music. super loud? Like where everybody could hear you, like you're yelling. Would you still want? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all of y'all. Sing like no one's listening. Dance like no one's watching. I'm trying to find a good. I had a good one here. I want to get. Um... Dead air. Um, I'm no. Hang on a second. He's, he's thinking. <laughs> Donna, entertain in the interim. <laughs> Would you rather have a personal maid? Or a personal chef? Made. Have 10 kids. Yeah. I, I, I would pick chef for that reason. She said both. She doesn't like rules. What if, you had, what if you had the maid, but you always had to go out to eat, all of you? You could have your house clean, but you had to eat out all we, the time. We lived that life. Was it fun? So when we were in Texas, we had a full-time nanny and a full-time housekeeper. Like full time, forty hours a week, wow. and still barely keeping up. Her name Alice. Mrs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Garrett, Mrs. Well, Garrett. <laughs> when we went to Lake Charles, we were working an hour days, seven days a week, me and TJ. So we, I stopped. I did not cook anything. We, I was working nonstop. And then when we came back home, we had been remodeling our house too, so our kitchen was gutted. Um, so I didn't cook for a long time then. And I remember making spaghetti for the kids for dinner. First time I cooked in months. I literally boiled noodles and I used the Prego sauce and kind of added some extra to it. And the kids thought I was a world chef. They were very impressed. <laughs> Good spaghetti. Yeah, I like so the straight out of the jar. Actually, Tuna helper is a delicacy. For months and then they love what you make. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when they're starving. Yeah, right. Starve them for months and of course they're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a bomb on sandwich. It's just we didn't say that. Uber eats, yeah, which gets expensive for a family of twelve. Yeah, well, Uber I know is very, it's expensive for two. It's expensive for yeah, two. Crazy. We, do, I mean, because we're by ourselves, we don't cook as much as we should, which isn't a lot anyway. You know what I'm saying? And, and so we do. I mean, we do a lot of food delivery just because there's two of us, and yeah. and cook. I'm lazy. Let's just, uh, yeah, let's just call and, it what it is. I mean, and and we go to the grocery store about once a quarter, and that's that's true. <laughs> and it's only if we have to, like if people are coming over. I'm like, oh gosh, we're gonna. Or have to if the grocery it's something store. we can't. I get hate delivered. the grocery store. Like I just we have hate a soda it. stream, so and we can't like get the, the refill. Grocery store, and there's you know normal size mustard and ketchup on the shelf, and my kids take their miniatures. <laughs> oh really? We buy the Costco or whatever. Yeah, so it's like. The giant thing of it, and they're like, they're like four giant up? mustards, the big jars. <laughs> How many we get deep- a pattern of, of Uber, Uber eats too much? And I'm like, babe, we spent eighteen thousand dollars on food this month, so we really need to throttle back. How, um, so let me ask: you, How many deep freeze? How how many deep freeze freezers do you guys have? How do you, how many do you have to have to actually maintain twelve? Back people? in Texas, we have. Um, the real big commercial built-in freezer and fridge, uh-huh. and then two, two outside fridges and a deep freeze. Wow! So did you have the giant Wolf oven that has like eighteen burners on it? I did get a big gas pop. I think it has eight big gas burners. Yeah, and then a big double oven. Wolf ovens, yeah, Wolf range and Wolf because uh, they have that like that. You'll get them with the infrared grill on the side. I love those. I want man. one of those, but They're I won't so cook. Cool. I just want to look at it. I'm not going to cook. Oh, them. so cool, so cool. This is like, the and house. We, we usually had like two washers and two dryers that are running all the time as well. Wow. I bet. I bet. Make sure you clean that lint filter. I know. So. <laughs> well, that's why I don't do laundry because I'm afraid of that. <laughs> Well, guys, I, uh, I, I, do you have anything else? Um, I wanted to know if you homeschooled. Oh, we that's do. you, you do? do. Do you teach yep. them, Jackie? So, um, 
No. Some. My kids are super independent. We've raised them to be very independent. So they're also independent learners. We've done a homeschool program where they go one day a week and then the rest of the time they're at home and they bring all their work and projects home. Mm-hmm. So I help them when they need help with something. If, you know, if they can't find it or figure it out, then we help them. But I don't stand up there and play or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I tried to do when we first started homeschooling when our older ones were little. And I had a lady tell me one time, you know, you don't have to recreate public school at home. Yeah. You can do learning how you're doing best. Yeah. And so we've kind of embraced that. And also, like, I will use a lot of different experiences as an opportunity to teach several different subjects to the kids. And I think that it sticks with them better when you're in Washington, D.C., and you're learning about Mm. history and math and science economics and government and all of mm-hmm. these things hands-on so we do travel a lot around the country with the kids and do a lot of education through our travel and they're learning a lot about uh the laws and stuff because you're going to to washington dc and all that sure and they've been very involved with our businesses i mean even the little ones we go to the conferences we take all the small kids mm-hmm. we take every everyone we make sure that they're immersed in that environment yeah and we've noticed that it's rubbed off on them a lot because my older three they've made more money out here than I have. wow that's awesome that's awesome so asher's your oldest right yep and he's awesome is he still at home or is he was what i mean what are his plans because he must have just finished school not too long ago right yeah yeah he just graduated last year um or back in the spring, I think yeah, he graduated. In spring. Right, and he, you know, he's been working for Paradise Claims down here. He's working for a roofing company right now, selling roofs. He's real entrepreneurial. Uh, he's got a serious girlfriend, mm-hmm. and um, they are living with us right now because of the housing situation. So he had bought they bought a fifth mill and gutted it and remodeled it and redid it all. And so they were living in that, but he wanted to have that to hook to his truck to deploy to wherever a storm hit. It was his idea. So he's going into adjusting is what he's going into. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think so. I think so. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I see a little bit of his social media stuff. I mean, not a lot. I mean, I'm not cyber stalking him or anything, but I've seen a. I I kind of got the when I first met Asher was at y'all's house. Uh, you know, when you had that event for Cal or whatever. That's what, and I thought that I. I mean, I and I may and I must have completely made this up or whatever that he was into videography and stuff like that and filming and that kind of thing. But he was I, probably filming there. I've kind of tried to push them to do some of that to help us. But he's he's a trailblazer just like me. So he's going to want to run his own thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I see him as being more of a management and maybe sales and business development. Gotcha. Person. Did you have your older gotcha. kids do the do the strength finders mm-hmm. and stuff like that? How did they? Oh, yeah. what, did they like it? Yeah. yeah it's, it's been, been, it's been super been helpful. It's very mm-hmm. We've uh, We've learned our kids are similarly wired to me and myself in certain ways. And so... Ones. He's having to learn to kind of back off and give the boys space to thrive mm-hmm. so that they're not stuck under him, you know, all the time. Yeah. They're able to become their own person. I think that's so awesome. I my, my son's 18, and he graduates this coming year. He turned 18 back in September. And I was talking with him just, just this past weekend and just saying, my heart for you, son, is to be entrepreneurial. That is what I'm always going to push you towards because that's what's worked for me. You know what I mean? Right. But whatever it is that you choose or pick, because he is going into um, like audio sciences or whatever, and he's a musician. He is he's incredibly talented. Um, Le- his name's Levi, and um, he uh, he is you know super smart, very talented. Um, all the years, you know, uh, his entire childhood has kind of been overcast with uh, what's called non idiopathic short stature. And so he was basically, his bone age was like two years behind what his actual age was. So when he was 10, he looked eight when he was, you know, and that kind of thing. And so he has had, you know, his own sort of struggle, um, you know, as far as it goes to like playing sports or stuff like that, because he's just been smaller and slower and weaker than the other kids just because his body wasn't up to speed. And he finally, and he was short, he had fallen off the growth chart. 
completely and totally fallen off the growth chart. And uh, we got him on human growth hormone, and he is and and he he's almost as tall as I am now. Which it's like that I know how to parent. You know what I mean? That I can work with. <laughs> so, um, but he is he's going into audio sciences is what he's going into um, to figure out. He may even go into the biomedical side of it at all. You know what I mean? And figuring out how to wow. get into that. So um, that's really interesting. Yeah, and he's, listen, there are a few better businesses than biotech uh, or tech in general because they're so scalable and so much money is spent on both those products and the research and development. Yep. Well, guys, thank you so much for spending the last hour with us. Ladies and gentlemen, I really appreciate um, uh, you know Jackie and, and TJ coming out. Thank you so, coming so out. much, guys, <laughs> or, or coming on the show, whatever, whatever you want to say. So I really do appreciate you guys uh, joining us today. It has been a fun conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank Thanks you. for having us. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, guys, um, that'll do it for the pain of the claim.